Let's all join together and pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Those of you who are joining us online, thank you. We're glad, we're excited. But for you who are here in person, I am impressed with your ability to trust. Because you just did one of the riskiest things that any of us can do in our world today. Either you or you let somebody else get in the driver's seat of a car and then that person took thousands of pounds of steel and aluminum and glass and plastic and they accelerated that thing at least up to 30 miles an hour or if we're honest a little bit higher than 30 miles an hour too and you went with them you let them drive you from the moment that they got in the car and turned it on to the moment that you got here and you put it into park you trusted the driver and put your life in their hands you trusted that they were going to get you here safe but it's not only the driver that you trusted to get here safe. You trusted all the other people on the road, too. That they were going to see the dotted lines on the, the concrete and not pass over into your lane. That they would stop at the red lights and the stop signs and let other cars pass. That, at least enough, they would put their phone down and pay attention to what was going on. That they wouldn't go too fast and obey the speed limits and lose control. I'm impressed. You have an amazing ability to trust people. Hopefully, I'm looking at you. Hopefully this is not terrifying uh, for the car ride home after this. That's not what this is meant to be. But it is pretty interesting how we trust people with our lives so much. Right? We grow up with this from little kids on. We do this so much every day that we get in the car we get moving, we don't even think about what's going on, and so our trust out there kind of gets turned on this autopilot setting that we don't even think about what's going on. You have this amazing ability to trust and to put your life in somebody else's hands. Trusting is kind of a big deal, right? Whom do you trust? How do you trust? These are the kind of questions that are really good for us as people to work through and to think through. These are also the kind of questions that people would come and would ask Jesus for answers to also. So it was during the festival that we know as Hanukkah. I can give you more background on that if you stick around for Bible study time too and tell you why that's going on. But Jesus is at the temple in Jerusalem. And then the Jews who were there gathered around him. They started saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. That crowd did not want some half-truth or sort of answer. Those people wanted to know for sure. If he was the one, then he was worth going after. 
if he was the one, then he was the chosen one that God had promised. If he was the one, then he was going to be the one to deal and help with all of the sin that they felt in themselves, with all of the sinful experiences in their world. If that was him, they wanted to know for sure. And again, these are really great and good questions for us as people to work through and dig into and to try to understand. But for these people, these questions don't make any sense. Why? Because Jesus had been publicly showing people who he was. Blind people would come to Jesus and they would go home seeing perfectly. In the, middle of a, in the middle of a lake on a raging storm with wind and waves washing over Jesus' disciples, he walked out into the middle of that lake and then brought that boat from the middle to the shore in an instant. With five little loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus took that tiny amount of food and he multiplied it so that there was enough for thousands of people and leftovers on top of it. Paralyzed people got carried to him and then in a couple minutes, you would see them leaping around after that. And even more than the miracles, the news of Jesus' miracles, that spread faster than he was traveling through the area. So on top of the visible, physical evidence that people were seeing, Jesus would also teach people. He would say things to people. Sometimes it was cool, this one-on-one, -on -one, but more often it was this big group setting where Jesus plainly and openly told people he was the one. He was the Messiah. He was the one that all of the Bible before this had been pointing people forward to. He had come to be here and to help people. That was him. With all of that evidence built up and all of the ways that Jesus was telling and showing people who he was, it makes you wonder, how could these people not trust how could these people not believe we're going to do a test in a second that i promise you is connected with the sermon and this part of god's word up front it's not going to feel like it but we're going to get there okay but here's what the test is your job is to watch the people who have white clothes on and you need to count the number of times that they pass the basketball to each other okay not one more, not one less. You need to have the exact number of times that they pass the basketball, okay? Hit it, Diggs. you get it? 15 passes. <laughs> I 
Alright, it's time to fess up. Who didn't see it? Right? So what what do we learn about us as people? What do we learn? That we as people can be absolutely so focused on something that we just completely miss what is right in front of our face. So what did Jesus say to these people who had him right in front of their face, who should have known who he was? Here's what Jesus says. I did tell you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. What makes people blind to him? Ignoring him and who he is and how he lives and what he says. Ignoring the voice of the good shepherd who is trying to save, not taking him at his word, and all of this deliberate ignorance simply just reveals that there are sheep out there that are not his. But before we get too harsh on those people and their views and their failures to see what they should have seen, I think we do need to think about us. Because God has spoken to us as openly and clearly and as plainly as he did to those people when he gave us his word. We know what God's moral standards are, right? We know what God says to do and how to live. We could simplify a bunch of them, right? Like, put God first. Call out to him when you're in trouble. Make listening to his word a priority in your life. Honor the people that God has put over you. Care about everyone's physical well-being. Look at sex and sexuality like God tells us to look at those things. Honor and treasure the possessions that God gives you. Protect all people's reputation. And then don't want what you can't get without sinning. We know these things, right? We say that these things are good. We know that if we follow these things, then good things will probably happen in our lives. And then life gets stressful and we completely forget about him. And we don't call out to him. And we forget to read his word. And we dive fully and completely into politics and politics only for this world. And we forget to say prayers of thanks for the leaders around us and our country and our military. The people that are out there that need help physically, food, shelter, they become all too easy to pass by and not even give a thought. Our views on sexuality get shaped by the culture around us. We don't take care of the possessions that we have. We gossip behind people's backs. The comparisons and the things that we want, that never stops. There's another side to this blindness, though, and maybe this is more what you're feeling right now. That the awareness of your sins and your failures that that kind of turns into this self-loathing sort of thing. That you look at yourself and who you are always as a little bit lower than everybody else around you. That you see yourself and identify yourself with your mistakes and your failures. And you don't listen when Jesus tells you that you're forgiven 
and that he loves you. And he promises he is going to be there for you. If awareness of your sin is drowning out this good news of Jesus, or it's making it less than full and free for you, then you're missing something too. So what do people need to do? What do we need to do? What's Jesus' sheep do? Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Are you listening to what he says? Do you know what he means here? Jesus promises that he holds on to his sheep who hear his voice and he promises that he is going to never let go of them from now through forever. This picture of Jesus as the good shepherd is a favorite picture of Christian people. And I think it's pretty awesome. Maybe some of you have this picture uh, on your walls at home. Jesus, the shepherd, watching over sheep. It's a common one. For me, I've got it up in my office on the very top of my bookshelf so that when you walk into that room, I hope it's one of the first things that you look at because you see there Jesus who cares about his sheep, who will do anything for his sheep, who loves his sheep. It is an awesome part of this picture. But the other side of the picture is too important to not think through, though, too. And I think the other side of the picture, the sheep, I think that looks a little bit more like this. Hit this one, too, Diggs. That's right. Why do they keep wanting going in there? Uh, sheep, as you can tell, slow motion. There it goes. Sheep, obviously, are not the smartest animal. Sheep clearly need some help to be kept safe. Sheep will gladly do that after they get rescued from the ditch. They will gladly jump back into that ditch. They will gladly go to the edge, and they will leap over that thing. Because what does sheep need? Sheep need a shepherd who is watching over and guarding and guiding and trying to protect and make sure that they're okay too. Jesus promises us in this part of God's word that he's doing that. He says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. God the Father has given people to Jesus. So now God the Father, together with Jesus, he says that nothing can pry people out of his hands. He and Jesus are full-time shepherds watching over and guarding and guiding and protecting their sheep. That's what's been happening in this worship and sermon series every week that you've been here. God's been telling you that you are his God's been showing you that he loves you and cares for you and will not leave you no matter what. You have a good shepherd who promises to call out to you and pull you back in when you need it. You listen to Jesus' voice and you know you're his.
Because what does your good shepherd say to you? He came into this world to stop people from ignoring sin and not caring about it. Instead, he came that you care about it. His word for you is going to be clear. He's going to reveal to you that, yes, you need a sinner from sin, a savior from sin every single day of your life. And then, then every day he's going to remind you about what he has done for you, how he lived every moment for you, how he went to the cross willingly and exchanged that perfection for your sins so that he could take those things in his hands and pin them up to the cross where they will never come back down again. Jesus holds on to you. And he has you in his loving care right now, and you will be there through death and forever into heaven after this. One of my favorite parts of your good shepherd's words to you comes from Romans chapter 8. And it's words that your shepherd wants you to know right now, too. He says, Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you listening? Do you hear him? He promises he will hold on to you and he's not letting go. So who do you follow? I think it's pretty interesting in our modern world, one of the ways we talk about podcasts and YouTube and all these different things is we follow people. So there are content creators and they make something and they, they put it out there. And then at the very end, what do they say? Hit the subscribe bell. Make sure to like, make sure to follow. And it'd be pretty interesting if we could go around and see on your phone who you follow. But what happens when you do that? Then that's the first thing that your phone tells you. Hey, new content, listen, watch. So you do. When you're in the car on the way to work, that's the thing that you hit to listen to. That's the thing when you need to block out the rest of the world that you close it all off and you just take in what they have to say to you. You put the earbuds in and listen because you care about what they have to say. Well, I can promise you that while secular podcasts are good, hearing God's truth for you, this is so much better, right? It helps with the rest of your week. It motivates you to love God and to love other people in your life. So do not let this be the one hour a week where you listen to your good shepherd's voice. Start listening to him more. I will pass along as many Christian podcasts as you could possibly want. I will tell you lots of other pastors to follow so that you get their sermons and you get their parts of God's word. I will gladly walk with you through any part of the Bible and we'll talk through all the questions that we have and we come up with together. Whatever I can do to help you, I will do anything. But start listening to his voice more. Come to Starting Point tomorrow night. Spend more time every day intentionally with his voice. Your shepherd 
his important and good things that he wants to tell you. And I can promise you that after this, you're going to need to know that he's holding on to you and he will never let go of you. You're going to want that good news again. So that just like how you drove here and you weren't terrified and you weren't afraid, what happens when you trust somebody with your life? Hopefully passengers. You relax. Again, passengers only. You pull out your phone and you start scrolling. Kids, maybe you even fall asleep in the car too. What happens? When you trust, you relax, and you let go. And when you listen to Jesus, and his voice, and his word for you, you can't help but trust that he's got you. So listen. Amen. Please stand.